Welcome to our podcast here at Trinity West Church. We believe that you will be enriched by today's message. Let's open our hearts to receive God's Word. We're going to start a new series. I'm really excited about this series. I've kind of been having this message and this series in my heart for several weeks now, and maybe even, uh, maybe even well over a month, I've been thinking about this message and getting ready to preach this message, and, and uh, I'm ready to, to, to kind of share with you some of the things that God has been speaking to me. You know, we did a series just a little while ago. We had a great service last week, our healing service, but before that, we did a series called More Than Words, and this feeds off of it a little bit. Because the enemy really comes, and he comes not just with a bold-faced lie. Of course, you know, the Bible says the devil's a liar. All, everybody believe that? He's a liar. He says he's, he's even the father of lies. You know, he doesn't always hit us, though, with just an out-and-out lie. He doesn't always just come to us and just show us some blatant lie and just expect us to believe it. What he does often is he tries to take some sort of fact or what many might consider a truth and he twists it in some sort of way. He did this with Eve. He tried to do this with Jesus. And so we looked at those circumstances during that series more than words. But it's over and over again in the word of God he tries to present some sort of fact as, as truth. And we have to know the difference. We have to discern the difference. So we're going to do this series called Twisted Truths. And here's what the enemy does. He tries to take some truth and twist it. And, and really, when his lies are exposed for what they are, then we can begin to overcome and see victory in our life and in areas of our life that, that many times we thought we never would see victory in. So we're going to start in the book of Numbers. And I just want to give you a little bit of history. Of course, Moses and the children of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness, and they've come up to the place where they're now about to, to enter the promised land. They're, they're right on the, the edge, right on the boundary. And so Moses decides that he's going to take 12 men, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and he's going to send them into the promised land as spies. And so he's going to send them in, and of course, before he sends them in, he, he has to give them instructions. And so here's the instructions he gives. If you're in Numbers chapter 13, you're going to start in verse 17. If you have your Bibles, your phone, or your tablet this morning, you could follow along. If you're new to the church, of course, we'll put the words on the screen for you as well. In chapter, uh, verse, chapter 13, verse 17, it says this, Then Moses sent them to spy out into the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak or few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit, in, inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests uh, there or not. Be of good courage, he says. Now listen to that. Verse 20, he says, Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first Right, great. So we'll stop right there. So here's Moses telling these 12 guys, hey, you're going to go into the land. You're just going to see what kind of land it is. I just want you to check it out. I want you to look at it. In fact, I want you to, to really begin to take an inventory. Hey, is it a good land? Is it a prosperous land? 
hey, is there, is there fruit there? Is it a land that, that we could dwell in and, 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 and be blessed? Really, is it a blessed land? But then also I want you to take note of this. Are the inhabitants there? What, what are they like? You know, tell us everything that you need to know. Go spy out this land. Tell us everything that, that you can find out that we would need in order to, to go in and occupy this land. And so he does that. And you see in the next couple of verses, man, he just goes, they go in and they're spying out the land. And, and this land is just plentiful. It is, it is a prosperous land. It is a blessed land. It's a great piece of real estate. In fact, the Bible says that now is the time when, when the grapes were just becoming ripe. In fact, the Bible says that the grapes were so abundant and so uh, unbelievably enormous that, that they just cut one cluster of grapes, and it was so big that they had to carry it on a pole between two men. Could you imagine? One cluster of grapes had to be carried on a pole between two men. And, of course, grapes was significant to them. This was, this was something they, that was very significant to them. And it goes on to read this. If you, if you look at those verses in between, it actually says this, that this land included the land of Hebron. And that's significant because that's the land that Abraham used to dwell in. So Moses said, hey, you're going to go into this land, but I want you to know, hey, you're going to be of good courage because this land is our land. This land has been promised to us. This land is where Abraham walked. This is where he dwelt. This is where he ruled. This is where he, he inhabited. This land is our destiny. This land was meant for us. And there's enemies there now. But I want you to be of good courage because... God's going to give us this land. And so, so he sends out these 12 spies. And they go in and they check everything out. And of course, like I said, they brought back this, this fruit to this incredible grapes and other things. And, and it just looked like, wow, this is the perfect piece of real estate for us to occupy. Not only is it good, it's God. This is our destiny. This is what God has ordained for us. This is the place where we are to dwell. Well, in verse 27, if you go down and read with me, it says this. They come back, and here's the report they give. Then they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land, they're strong, and their cities are fortified, and they're very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Hey, let us go up once and let us take possession, for we are well able to overcome. Verse 31 says this, But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land which we had gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who we saw there are in it men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So here you have 12 men come back. And, and, and they were sent out not just to find out 
if we could do this. Listen, this is an important thing. They weren't sent in there to find out if they could take the land, if they could possess this, if they could defeat the enemy. They were sent in to find out how it could be done. And ten of them, when they walked in to this land, ten of them walked in saying, okay, we're going to look at this. We're going to discover what this is like. But as soon as they saw opposition, as soon as they saw difficulty, as soon as they saw, hey, men who were giants, the descendants of Anak were men of great stature. As soon as they saw them, their how turned into an if. It was no longer how could this be done. It was no longer how were we going to defeat the enemy. It was now they saw this great opposition and they said, hey, wait a minute, I don't know about this. Maybe this this can't be done. And instead of going, okay, how is this going to be done, they started to question themselves, question the children of Israel, and question God, and now they're no longer asking how. Now they're saying, hey, I don't know if this is a good idea. And I don't know if this can be done. And I don't know if we go to battle, I don't know if we'll win. I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if, I don't know if we're going to even survive. And they began to lay out what I call a twisted truth. Here's what a twisted truth is. A twisted truth is a lie that is supported by natural facts. Let me just lay out some of the facts that they had. It was a fact. The descendants of Anox were there. Giants, men of great stature, maybe seven, eight feet tall. You know? It was a fact that, that that's, what, that's who was there. Also, it was a fact that there were other people there. In fact, the Bible says, besides the descendants of Anak, there were five different tribes that these men listed. Listen to this. They listed the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and the Canaanites. They listed all these men. All these different tribes, all these different armies. Those are all facts. And if you just look at the facts, and the facts alone, you can be defeated. If that's all you're looking at, if you allow yourself to believe the lie that all these natural facts, you have to look at them and then come to some sort of conclusion. And the conclusion is, is that, yes, there, there are great, big, giant men there. And yes, there are armies there on every side. But the truth oversees the facts. The truth is this. Hey, God can do anything. God can defeat whether by one or by many. I mean, think about what God brought them from. God brought them out of Egypt. I mean, you got to look at it this way. Just because there was a, a, a lot of the enemy doesn't mean that the enemy all worked together. These guys didn't work together. The Amorites and, and the Amorites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Canaanites, they were all different armies. See, the ten spies lumped them all as one big army. But they weren't all one big army. They were all different armies. The Canaanites didn't fight with the Jebusites. The Jebusites didn't fight with the Amorites. They all hated each other. You only had to defeat them one at a time. Hallelujah. What did God bring them out of? God brought them out of Egypt. Guess what's in Egypt? Egyptians. Guess what's in the north of Egypt? More Egyptians. Who lives in the south of Egypt? More Egyptians. Egyptians are everywhere. They're on the north, south, east, and west. Listen, when you fight Egypt, you fight all Egyptians. 
And God defeated all of the Egyptians. God defeated the whole army of the Egyptians. They were all united. God was still able to overcome. See, we, sometimes we look at our circumstances and we think, well, you know what, I could, I could handle a little financial pressure. But I don't know if I can handle financial pressure and some sort of physical sickness. I mean, that just might be too much. And certainly I can't handle financial pressure, physical sickness, and relationship problems. I mean, that just seems to be too much. And Lord knows, if I have financial problems and I have physical sickness and I have relationship trouble, and all of a sudden I'm facing some other kind of problem, I mean, you know, it just, it's just going to be too much. There's just no way. And the enemy starts t- giving you all these different facts. Well, I mean, you know, it's a fact that you have this problem. It's a fact that you... And all these facts, we just, we just sometimes lump them up as one big obstacle. But the truth is, they didn't have to fight everybody at once. They fought one army at a time, defeated one army at a time. Hallelujah. And so, you know what? The enemy tries to blindside us. He just tries to throw this lie out. But there were two men that they said, listen, guys, this isn't a matter of if. This is just a matter of how. And Caleb and Joshua quieted the people. They said, listen, we are well able to do this. Because if God can bring us out of Egypt, God can do anything. If God can drown Pharaoh and all of his armies, God can do anything. What are the Amorites? What What are the Amalekites? What are the Jebusites? What are they compared to our God? Don't let the devil twist some sort of fact on you and try to present it at truth. It's a bold-faced lie. Hallelujah. So that's what we have to believe. So here's the lie that I want to give you, the the twisted truth that is number one on this. Is that this, this, this is the lie that they believe. Hey, there's too many. This is too much. I am overwhelmed. Many of us believe that sometimes. Hey, there's too many. Too many problems going on. This is too much. I, I can't handle all this. And, and I am just overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just sat down with somebody the other day. They just said, Pastor, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just over, I'm overwhelmed. I got too much, too much going on at one time. As if God could not handle too much. One time I was checking somebody in to the Hampton Inn over there in Wellington. I have to go, and you usually have to go fill out a piece of paper and do all sorts of stuff and, and get their room number <clears throat> and everything that's with it. And, of course, you know, I write down Trinity West, and the lady behind the counter says to me, you're a preacher. You know, when I get asked that question, I don't know how to answer it sometimes because I go, okay, something's coming up. All right, you're a preacher. Yes, I'm a preacher. She said to me, where's that verse, God will never give you more than you could handle? And I said, well, that's an interesting, <clears throat> interesting question you have. The Bible actually never says that. The Bible never says God will never give you more than you could handle. I said, what it does say is this. He'll never allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to handle. But with the temptation will always make a way of escape. It never says God will never allow you to go through more than you can handle. 1 Corinthians just says he'll never allow you to be tempted, but with every temptation will give you a way of escape. Listen to this. If God 
only allowed you to go through what you could handle, he would be unnecessary. Think about that. If, if God only put on you, or I shouldn't even say put on you, allowed you to go through, had you, had you walk through some things, if God just said, okay, I, I, I'm just going to let them walk through some things, but I'm only going to allow them to walk through what they can handle, then God would be totally unnecessary. What would you need God for? Hey, if you can handle it, handle it. If you could deal with it, deal with it. If you could heal yourself, heal yourself. If you can get out of that financial pressure on your own, if you can prepare that relationship on your own, do it. Have fun. Tell me how you do it. Let me know your secrets. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm facing something that I just can't handle, good. Good for you. You're in good hands. Now God can come through for you. Now you can stop relying on yourself and say, hey, no, I can't handle this myself. It's too big for me. But I do know this. I've got a great big God out there that can handle anything. Hallelujah. He can anything. Listen, God will never allow you to go through more than, or he'll allow you to go through uh, something that's more than you, but he'll never allow you to go through something that's more than him. He'll never allow you to go through something that he can't handle. And listen, there's nothing that God can't do. There's nothing that God can't handle. You know, there's times in our life where that perfect storm just comes together. It's just one storm after another that after another that just kind of rages up against us. And all of a sudden, that perfect storm just kind of forms this, this incredible dark cloud that sits over our life. And we just think, is, is it really possible that, that I'm going to make it through this? Listen, it's not if, it's how. How are you going to do it? Well, guess what? You're going to defeat the enemy one storm at a time. Hallelujah. Just like the children of Israel defeated the enemy one army at a time. You just have to believe. You just can't give up. You just can't just lie down. You just can't say, oh, oh, woe is us. Listen, as soon as the children of Israel heard this negative report, guess what they asked for? They asked to go back into bondage. They said, hey, man, we were better off in Egypt. What do we do now, man? What are we going to do now? Caleb and Joshua said, no, 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 it's possible. It's not about if, it's about how. We're going to do this thing. We're going to handle this thing. We're going to be able to get through this. We're going to get to the other side. In 2 Kings chapter 6, it tells this story. And I love this story. About a guy by the name of Elisha. And I'll just kind of tell you a little bit about this story. There's a king of Syria who is trying to ambush the king of Israel. Ambush his men and come against them and, and try to keep, capture them somehow. But it seems like every time he ambush or capture one of the king of Israel's men, it just seems like they escape. It's like they know the plan ahead of time. So the king of Syria grabs all of his men together and says, hey, guys, which one of you is the spy? Hey, man, which one of you is, is telling the king of Israel our secrets? And one of the men speak up, and they say, hey, king, it's, it's not us. There's a prophet that that guy listens to. There's a prophet that has the king of Israel's ear, and his name is Elisha. 
And so the king of Syria says this. Well, let's find him. Where is he? Where is this guy? So they find out that he's in this city called Dothan. And so they surround him in the city with, the Bible says, what is called a great army. And Elisha's servant goes outside, and he sees in the natural. Remember I said that a twisted truth is a lie that is supported by natural facts. He sees in the natural this army there. And now you just have to picture it, man. This army is filled with horses and chariots, and they got men on there with spears, and they got men with bows. And you can imagine that these spears and these arrows are pointing right at him. He said, now what do we do? And he goes back to tell Elisha. He said, hey, we're, we're doomed. We are done for. There's no way we're going to escape this. It's no longer how. <laughs> it is a big if. And let me tell you, that if is it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But here's what Elisha says. Elisha prayed a prayer, and I love this prayer. And he just simply says this. Hey, First, he tells the guy, don't look at them with your natural eyes. You have to know that there are more for us than there are for them. Man, that's an incredible scripture that he says in in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16 says this, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then Elisha prayed this prayer, Lord, would you open his eyes that he could see? And all of a sudden, he opens his eyes. And all throughout the mountains is this incredible great army. The Bible says there were horses and chariots with fire. Now, I'll take a horse and chariot with fire versus a horse and chariot without fire any day of the week. Just give me the one with fire. I want the one with fire. That's the one I want. And it's not just that they were with fire. They surrounded the other enemy. See, all we have to do sometimes is just look with our, with our spiritual eyes. We just have to say, yeah, man, there's a, there's a great army that's against us. Man, we have this perfect storm that's just, just going. Man, it just seems like if it can go wrong right now in my life, it is going wrong. And I'm having struggles on, on every side. And there's just, I'm struggling here and I'm struggling there. And I just don't know if I'm going to survive. And I just don't know if it's possible to get through this. And I just don't know if that that I'm going to be able to get past all of these problems. I don't know if I'll ever be able to live without pain. If I'll ever recover financially. If I'll ever have that relationship repaired. I just don't know if. My prayer for you today is that God will do the same for you as he did for this servant. And you'd open up your spiritual eyes and say, hey, no, there's more for us than there are against us. That even though there's this great army coming against me, guess what? There's a bigger army that's surrounding the army that's against me. I said there's a bigger army that's surrounding the army that's against me. And I just have to see with my spiritual, I just have to open my eyes and say, know what? God is able to save me. God is able to deliver me. God is able to get me through this. I refuse to believe the lie of the enemy. You know, I've been there before in my life. 
I've struggled, man, so many times in my life. Many of you know our, my wife and I's testimony. We had a marriage that was just falling apart. The church was struggling financially. You know, I mean, we had all sorts of problems going on in our life. When I, when I was pastor in North Florida, my salary was uh, 65% of the offering, uh, which some of you think, well, that's awesome. Well, let me just tell you what the offerings were. Sometimes they were $300, sometimes they were $500, but it capped out at $400, so I could never make more than $400 a week. So sometimes I'd go home, my paycheck would be $120, $140. We had, we had two kids. We had, there was four of us to feed. And man, we just got overwhelmed. On top, of, on top of the financial struggle, there was stress in the church. People were struggling. People were, were kind of sometimes even coming against us. And we had, we had all sorts of problems. We were new to pastoring. I was trying to, to rescue everybody. I was trying to save everybody. I didn't want to lose anybody. Now I've just said, hey, there's the door. Praise the Lord. We love you. We'll love you on the way out. We'll love you on the way in. Come on, amen. I'm, just not, I'm not gonna bend over and, and just let you do whatever, you know, and, and just let you walk all over me. Not gonna, not gonna do that. So, so we're struggling in every way. It was just like this perfect storm on top of the marriage issues we were having. You know, one day we just had to say, you know what, God is able to save. God is able to deliver. And man, I tell you what, God got us through all those church problems. And there was just a handful of people, you know, causing a mess. And they left, and the church just went on. And the church continued to grow. And we were in all sorts of financial trouble. But God just blessed the church. And we never missed a payment. We never missed a meal. We never, were, we never missed a rent payment. We never missed a car payment. We, God just blessed us. We were able to do it. We survived. And then God turned our marriage around. And even though we were facing this perfect storm, somehow God opened my spiritual eyes to see that there was more for me than was against me. And you know what? I didn't have to defeat every enemy at the exact same time. God just started to defeat them one at a time and one at another time and one at another time until we get to a place where we say, praise God. We were able to get through that. We were able to get through that difficulty. God brought us through because we refused to believe the lie we were going under. Now, I'm not saying we didn't have difficult days. I'm not saying that we were never in doubt. I'm not saying that, that I didn't ever mo moan and groan and wail and, and complain. And, and, you know, I, I did. I had my days. But thank God I held on to my faith. And thank God brought, God brought us through. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, you know what? I think I have believed the lie that, that this is too much. There's too many and I'm overwhelmed, I want to pray for you today because I believe God will change your life. I believe God will turn the situation around. Do not believe the lie. Guess what? All your enemies, they don't always work together. And you don't all have to defeat them on the same day. Hallelujah. You can just take them one at a time and God will get you through. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment with me if you would. Hallelujah. God is able. God is able. One of the verses I read almost every day that I love so much that has just meant so much to me 
So in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, it just says this, and God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I would ask. And I'm telling you, if it stopped right there, that would be a powerful verse. But it's just like the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to go on. And it says this, above all that I would ask or even think. Wow. Is it possible that God can bring you through every storm that you're facing today? Is it possible that there's a God in heaven who's greater than every enemy that's lined up against you? Is it possible that there's a God in heaven who's able to get you to overcome in spite of enemy that you're facing after enemy after enemy after enemy? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, when the first enemy came, I said to myself, how am I going to get through this? And when the second one came, even though it was a challenge, I still said to myself, okay, now, how am I going to get through this? But I'm facing a third enemy and a fourth enemy, maybe even a fifth enemy today. And my how is no longer how. My how is turned into if. And I'm just not sure if I'm going to get through to the other side. Well, I want to pray for you today. If that's you, you just be real transparent, real honest with God. You just need somebody to just pray with you today. I'm not going to call you forward, but I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. If you'd say, Pastor, I just, I just feel overwhelmed. Sometimes that, that feeling just, just overtakes me. Sometimes I just, I just get bogged down with a sense that, that I'm overwhelmed with these issues. If that's you today, can I stand in faith with you? Can I pray with you today? Can I release my faith with your faith? Would you just stand right where you're at? Just stand, and, and, and I'm going to pray with you today. I'm just going to believe God with you today. You say, Pastor, I just I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I feel like the storms have lined up against me, and I maybe could handle one, and maybe even two, but no, there's three and four, and it just seems like there's just more than I could handle right now. All over the building, people standing up. I want to pray with you guys. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't pastor just so I can preach. I'm really preaching to God today.